0: What did this nice gentleman just say to you? What do he say here? What about
1: that
2: Hulkamania stuff,
1: man? Let me tell you something, brother. Home Depot night It's right around the corner, man. It's right next to my home. So if you keep messing around, man, I'm going to do you up in the largest shelter in the world and slap for the Home Depot force. So what you got to do with the poor Pokemon in the largest shelter in the world? One, twice, all, yeah. What do you think, sir? Jeez, Louise. Wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my Central ah. park, 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 niggas. My uptown belly niggas. 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 Delavan. Cold Springs, Warden, <laughs> Fairy <laughs> berries. <laughs> the fields. The, the lower. My down-the-way, ah. niggas. My riverside niggas. Hey yo you know, do, you know how I do, how I do. Neck wet like the kids tip, tip Pool For dip we pour out foo, pour out full She go, we miss you, we miss you. You know how I do, how I do? Neck wet like the kids tip pools, tip For dip we pour out foo, pour out full She go, we miss you, we yo, miss I you. Can't Put the city on the map Fuck the dollars you can get three of that Nigga fell out, one hit, took a nap SKS, shot him off the project proof Hit three extra niggas, Nigga shoulda moved Feds tryna smoke balloon, nigga, gotta shoot Deal with the dirty shit, took it like a fool like Bitches ain't west, you the bitches in the city Peace to BSF, peace to pain, peace to Vicky Free Lord, fit the keys on the floor to take when on tour. Everybody knew I had weighty. I had to step on it and, on it and my wings sneakers Your baby mom's trash, she a lame keeper I be up, wouldn't want to be us. Spend at least a half a mil every time I read up. 75 North, things in the key with me up. He rubbed on his gums, nigga said mama mia. Italian nigga, velour suit was a fila. You know how I do, you know how I do Neck wet like the kids tip-poo tip For dip we pour out fool pour out fool She gone, we miss you, we miss you You know how I do, how I do
0: episode number five of the scramble life Woo. podcast we are here y'all we are here we are here we are here we're here to see another day today we're recording yeah. on a sunday so a whole crazy ass week has went by and this is the final
2: day of the week all right yes yeah. what's going on Al Everything lovely, man. You know, we enjoying this November weather here on the east side of yeah, the uh, country, different. man. You know, when you get 70 degrees in the first week of November, you're pretty happy about that. So
0: Yeah, pretty much, enjoy pretty much. Even though I enjoy the fall weather and the cold, 70 degrees yeah. ain't too bad. I mean, I got to work in this shit every day. So I kind of like it. <laughs> I kinda, seriously, I like enjoying and uh, working in 40 degree weather because it's just perfect. It ain't too cold. It ain't too hot. It ain't too crazy. Um but yeah, right, right. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, we getting there though. In a couple weeks, it'll be snow everywhere outside. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's been a busy last forty eight hours or so. Uh, we have a new president and vice president of the United States, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Well, I call her Kamala because I'm a Kamala rapper. or Kamala. I heard people go Kamala. It's Kamala, but. <laughs> I say Kamala. I'm getting to the reasoning why I say Kamala. All right, all right. I'm a New York State person for life, and if you was born mm. in New York State, you grew up a WWF slash WWE fan. So you, if, oh, if yeah. you watch wrestling at any point in time, you see that shit spelled like that. What the fuck do it say? Kamala. Kamala mm-hmm. the Ugandan head. Right. you don't know who that is. Look that up. So <laughs> it's, it's programmed in me. It's been programmed in me probably since I guess I was like eleven or twelve when he was hot. So Kamala, she's Kamala. She's gonna be Kamala for the next four years to me. There
2: you Kamala go. There the,
0: you aka, go. the AKA Kamala. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: welcome to the office, Kamala. Welcome, welcome. to the
0: office, Kamala. Yeah, welcome, welcome. You know? So we'll see what happens with that whole situation. Uh, people just keep your eyes open, seriously, and, and just, you know, use your brain. Because, that's right. Uh, just because we have the Democrats back in charge and everything, there's still a lot of shit going on out here that's fucked up. You know, a lot of poverty, a lot of poor education, uh, mm-hmm. racism, because racism yeah. was there when Jimmy Carter was in office. It was there when Obama was, was in office and so on and so forth. So just keep your eyes open and, and, and look out for your kids and, and everybody around you and even yourself um, because you just got to watch it. And I'll leave it at that. I ain't going to say too much.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yo, we started mm-hmm. to show off with a joint called Kissing and Pool by West Side Gun.
2: That's right.
0: Um, I like that record. Cause that that kind of like to me, it symbolizes everything that they have done in the last five plus years. Fire is as as getting to where they're at now, and when I talk about right. them, that, that's everybody under the Griselda banner. That's including um, Derringer, Westside Gun, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and even all the other people associated with them, such as El Camino, and, and you know just all the other artists under their their um, whole situation.
2: What you think he's trying to say in that record though G What's the message he's getting across on that
0: Well he's representing this boy In the record for the most part In the hook but he's representing Mm -hmm. The town from the top To the bottom from side to side Because when you hear him talk at the beginning You hear him mention all them names And them are various neighborhoods Within the Buffalo community So you're talking over around uh, Delavan Bailey. Uh, fairy I
2: heard him mention Riverside I heard him mention Riverside too
0: Yeah that was an odd one I, But I ain't dissing that, that, Riverside is like If you look at the layout of the city You go over near the water So Riverside is like down near the In the hurdle Back that way Almost going to Tondo, to wind up But if you go Riverside All the way down the water You're going into the west side Which is part of okay. his namesake So That's the west side. It's always a lot of rats and shit over there, but it's always been a little dim over there in Riverside. But yeah, but that the whole record goes, that goes through all the cool parts of Buffalo. I don't think South Park was mentioned in there. That's like where years ago and still to this day, it's then you walk through there, you might fucking get lynched over in South Park. Yeah, South Buffalo. But he mentioned most of the parts and I found it to be a cool record because it really represents Buffalo. On a whole nother level, and this is like a comprised version of what this shit is, and um, right. that's that. So that was on one of his albums that came out earlier this year, and I hope we play the record. I mean, I got it from his promoter, right? So I guess I could play it, but um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> so yeah, Gr- Griselda, they they out there doing their thing. Rest in peace to DJ Shea. Uh, I know he played a major part in that whole situation. Uh, because he he produced them and a lot of other local hip-hop artists here in the Buffalo area. Uh, And, you know, some people ask the question, well, you were out there doing promo for about 15 years straight for the most part, which is true. And why why didn't you ever work with Griselda or anybody associated with Griselda? Well, let me get into it. So what happened is when Shock Sound was started back around, well, the inception was around 2000, but I didn't really get things going to like 2001, 2002. And at that time, me and Shay and his business partners, we had the same business consultant, I guess you would call it that, or business counselor, business consultant. We were in the program, same program.
2: Right. So even mm-hmm.
0: with Shock Sound, it's weird, because that was just supposed to still be a regional situation versus national, because I didn't want to do national. just It wasn't even in my head to go national with the whole thing, and then the counselor I had was like, no, nah, dude, you're going to do the whole fucking country. All right, so that, that made sense, and that happened. But when we started the whole thing, because this Shock Sound is nothing but another version of what I had before, which was called Eliminate Concepts from UC Promotions. That's when I was working for Rap-A-Lot back in the early 90s and stuff, but... We'll get to that another time. So that's how we got hooked we're gonna up.
2: Have to, we're going to have to get into that, too,
0: on another episode. Yeah, we'll get into that. So around 2001, 2002, our counselor, he, he put us together. It was like, yo, you doing something? You doing something? Help him out. Boom, 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 work something out. So I think he had Unsigned City Volume 2, which was, uh, I'm talking about Shay. It was a compilation album he put out. I think at that time, around 2001, they were on to uh, working the second version of that album, which was a part two. And had a bunch of local artists on there. And at that time, he had a 12-inch they were trying to get out. So what happened with that was, you figured, you know what the sounds was around 01 or 02. Hip-hop was a little weird right then. Because, you know, we're still in the middle of this transition from 96 to the early 2000s. And we had that going on with the whole cash money and everything. So all the sounds was all over the place. And you still had underground and you had the mainstream people. So the singles they were doing or was trying to do at that time when I was trying to help him, It was a little bit more mainstream. I can't remember who the artist was that was on Shea Beat on that 12-inch, but we did what we could do with it, not even so much on a local level. It was probably just Toronto was the focus, and we were trying to do something there. we get it where we could get it here, and, and maybe somewhere in Rochester or something like that at that point, and that was... Pretty much the gist of that. So, in the way that, like I said, the way the sound was set up, you know how it is with these records. One sound yep. will cost one thing; <laughs> another sound <laughs> will cost another thing, and we'll leave it at that. And so, yeah. it really didn't go nowhere, and and it was just that. And I left that shit alone, learning lesson. So, yep. You figure with shock sound, you had the two thousand one, two thousand four phase. You 04 to 07, 07 to 2011, 11 to 2015. So I I never worked with them, and I like I saw a lot of local artists here, and it was a few people that I helped out here and there. Probably later on, I don't can't remember, man. It's been so much shit. Probably around the mid 2000s. Um, okay. But we just never crossed paths, and the things that I did here, because I've always kind of had my ear to the street, even without people knowing. You know what I mean?
2: So it, 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 it was. So it wasn't no beef fish. It wasn't no beef situation.
0: No, it wasn't no beef situation. It's kind of like they were doing their thing, and I was doing my thing. And as I was doing my thing, I'm getting together what I'm capable of doing and what I'm not capable of doing. So a bunch of records that sound like was commercially viable on commercial radio back then. I wasn't really touching. So, gotcha. okay. so I, I I had I was looking at the local video shows. And even around that time, like in early 2000s, mid-2000s, they had a local rap show here on the commercial station. I was listening to that. Like, oh, I can't touch that. I can't touch that record. That sounds like Jodeci. Just, you know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't do nothing with that shit. So a lot yeah. of things I left around. And then later on, once things became more established with Shock Sound, I did help out who I could help out because they had sounds that was more viable for my lane. So I helped out Result. I helped out Idris. I helped out Tone over at Deep Thinker Records here and there a little bit. So certain people did get help locally. So don't put me in the bag saying That's nigga. He ain't helped nobody. So, but, <laughs> so yeah, that was, that so, was so, so go
2: ahead. Did it, not to cut you, but did it so did the sound of Griselda was there a different sound back when, you know, when you was, uh, you know messing around with them a little bit and did that change to where well well, i never messed with i
0: never dealt with them i dealt with Shay back then a little bit and i knew i had a gist of who all the artists was and what they were saying so like lyrically they was never bad but it was like the music i was hearing i'm like oh i can't do nothing with that because you know when you're out here doing promo just like anything else you know somebody that caters to stores like walmart you got people that cater to smaller businesses whatever so uh, yeah, yeah it was that type of thing going on so I saw Benny was a Benny versus uh little Wayne I got the CD around here somewhere and it was in the car at one point because it's all tore up from salt on the floor and things of that nature so I, yeah. I did have it in the car but once again think about the title Benny versus little Wayne and that's when the mixtape market was hot and I never really dealt with that but You know, that was Wow,
2: so you're saying there's there's
0: a Benny versus Lil Wayne
2: mixtape that they had out. Yes.
0: That was just one of the projects. Like I said, I would see videos here and there. I remember it was one where they were over near the train station over there around Broadway or whatever, and they shot a video there. Like, I'm I'm listening. I'm seriously listening to shit. I'm like, "Hmm, what can I do something with? So a lot of that stuff, and it's not saying they were whack. It was just music-wise a lot of stuff I couldn't do anything with because, you know, the majority of the stuff I work, if it wasn't in that 93, 94, 95 BPM range, 98 BPM, 100 BPM range, steady where a motherfucker could take that record and throw it in the mix, I can't do nothing with it. So if I'm hearing, yo, we here and shit fucked up and the the, the tempo is like 83 and you ain't got a whole bunch of money, guess what? I can't really, you know, do too much. I'll just say, leave it at that. But, um, so, yeah, so that, yeah, was, that, was, that was that situation with them. Um, so we never had any issues. And then, as you know, 04, 05, 06 is when things started progressing for my situation. Um, you know, like when Sonny got dropped. A lot of people don't know that story. Uh, Sonny was signed to So So Death. All right. And he's out of Rochester, which is right here, right here, like an hour away, hour and 10 minutes away. One way you quick could quick drop. Quick drive. Rochester's an hour and ten minutes away, or an hour away, and Toronto is an hour and fifteen, or an hour and twenty-five minutes away. So, I had a lot of business going on in both of them markets because they were always super active with shit. But Sunny got Sunny <laughs> got dropped. You can look it up. Sun NY so so deaf records because they mailed all the albums out to radio all over the country and everything. And then they just dropped them. So I was interesting talking, story. Interesting, yeah. So he got yeah. dropped, and I was helping him. Worked a little bit where he had left, and then I started helping his brother out, and then I was helping his former partner out, which is L.I. L.I. He's out of Rochester. He's still doing things. His name now is Curtis Coke. Yeah. but that was Sonny's former rap partner, so I was helping him out, so I was helping a lot of people out in Rochester because guess what? They had things I could put in the mix at that point. So right. that was that. The sunny thing was short. I think, you know, when, when we were done working with each other, he started working with DJ Noodles, who was from Buffalo, and, and, and Noodles was associated with Pitbull, so that was more viable. So it's whatever, but it was a lot going on. And then when uh, about oh five oh six, when everything started to get busy with Ja, you know, I had Ja. Uh, everything boot camp. Everything dug down from... yeah. 05 to I think like 2010 and then you got all the other stuff all the some other ship connect which is georgia and Modro, dudley perkins and all 1000 of their associated acts Uh, you was working yeah stuff on fat beats stuff on baby grand um just just different a whole bunch of projects so my plate was full just working what I was working from 05 to 2015. I mean, it was minor slowdowns here and there, of course, you know, but it was, it was it was there, and that was the format. So we never really crossed paths during that time period. And then, you know, I started hitting the road, and I'm in Seattle. I'm down in VA for a couple of years or whatever. So that was that, and that's kind of like why we never connected. But fast forward, so we can get onto the other subjects. Um, because damn we all almost spent eight, 20 minutes on this one thing um, I, One thing I hate about the whole situation With them guys is The media and maybe the publicists They try to make it seem like It was never a hip hop scene here in Buffalo And that's some shit
2: um, Yeah that's the furthest from the truth I know that
0: Yeah because it was always a lot of people Doing stuff here So you look at When hip hop broke out in the late, late 70s and the early, early 80s, uh, it was always here. You know, Cats breakdance, music in the streets, music at, in the parks, at the black events. You saw it. You saw people breakdance. You saw Cats rapping. It was here. And especially right. with the people coming here to go to Buff State and University of Buffalo from New York, you already know the influence was here. And I've, I'm i not that old, <laughs> but I, I, have heard, <laughs> I have heard things about there being little groups in the early, 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 eighty so we're talking between like 81 and 83. Like, we didn't get our first college radio station here to 82, and uh, that was WBNY 91.3, which is still on the air, but they're a little bit more rock heavy now in their formatting. Um, but that yeah. was where you went. It was two places you went in Buffalo where you could get hip hop every freaking thing. It was WBNY, which was our main college station for years, and you went to Apollo Records on Elmwood Avenue. Rest in peace to Crazy Gary Sparazza who owned that store. That's a whole nother story for another day. So it was a scene here. And like when I started, you know, getting into things and getting involved, probably when I was like 14 or whatever, a little bit before that, like one of the first projects I remember was I think Scott Down was doing something or War, DJ Warlock was doing projects, DJ was doing projects. But the one at that time that shined a little bit was Kid Cold. Oh, actually, Cold City Crew, which was the name of his group. It was him and his brothers, Kid Cold and Alan Cold. They were signed to B-Boy Records. All right? And a lot of people don't know that one. That was around the time. That's when they had KRS-One on B-Boy, right before he left. So, wow. Yeah, that so, was so, going to
2: say, that's crazy. Yep, yeah, they had,
0: they had a record called We Are Cold City. And then the other side was, uh oh, we Are Cold City And the other side Is a little Up Temple joint They did with a 909 And it was like Go rough buff all Through the song But that was out there So that was like I want to say The first big Good look For the local Hip hop community Kind of sorted Even though that record Didn't do, make a lot of noise But they put that out And it was the to other people That was out there Doing things You had Divine And Devineer They never caught on A couple years later You had Brotherhood Nation They had a, a record And Shea was in that group brotherhood nation by the way uh they were signed oh,
2: yeah what, 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 what was Shay doing in that group he was the dj
0: but he also may produced some tracks for the album uh the main producer okay. was DJ JR for that project and that was on amherst records now amherst records was ran by lenny silver lenny silver was the he owned a major distribution company locally uh based out of buffalo because you had amherst records and i think the name of the distribution was like transatlantic or something like that but he was the main distributor for everything that was coming through here so if you had a store and you didn't want to or you couldn't get music from the other distributors across the country you would go to him and you get all your vinyl. he's
2: the plug he was he the was plug. the plug yeah. so
0: he had the main wow. store here called record theater in the back room was the one stop so if you was cool like me and other people that knew what was going on you wouldn't buy your shit off the floor you would take your shit off the floor and go in the back room and you get the deep discount for the records because you quote-unquote in the game. So he that's had Buffalo dope. Lock, Rochester Lock, Cleveland Lock, and that was the main distribution network. And also he owned tons and tons and tons of people publishing up until his death. And One of the main things, or highlights of that catalog was like the stylistics for a long time. And also he put out that Seven Minutes of Funk record too. But that's a whole other story.
2: And so, there's some history up there, man. there's a we lot of fucking history. Documentary, yeah,
0: man. it's a lot of some- it's a lot of history here, and like I said, I could go on for days. And we'll get back into it another time. We um, have to, man. We definitely do, bro. Because an- another record he put out around that time, right before the Brotherhood Project, was uh, a girl named Crucial D. What's up, Shyvana? uh She did a reply to Apache gangster bitch. And her oh, joint. Man, with, I would love to hear that. Yeah, I'm a gangster, but I'm not your bitch. And they, they did what they could do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they did that and then they did another record. It was her and this cat named Mookie. They was on this track called A Summer in the Ghetto. They did a video for that, got it on a uh what was that thing called? A music video box or whatever where you pay. It was on there, yeah. it was on you know, some local stations, maybe a couple of stations across the country, but and Jr. produced that one, too, who also produced the Brotherhood album, but that didn't go too far. So we've had things here over the years. And the, the situation I just talked about, both of them, that was around 92, 93. So that happened. Okay. Other people put out 12 inches over the years that you could find out there that are very obscure. Uh, this guy named David White had a thing called his stuff that was like hammerish-type shit that didn't really go nowhere. Uh, poverty is an interesting note. They were signed to... Polygram, one of those Polygram associated labels or something. They had a, a deal. I think Guru may, may have been on the record or produced the record. But I had a white label on that, and that project never really went nowhere. But they were getting out the gate. This girl named Heather was singing a hook. It was, the song was called Can't Make Peace with a Peace.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was poverty history, man. Yeah, that was around 95 or so. So that poverty, that was the situation. And one of the last ones that I remember that kind of got a little attachment to things, it was the boss players. Now they were signed somehow. I think it was like a path through deal through uh, J records. And this had to be somewhere between 2005 and 2007. Uh, that was Teddy and Seth. Uh, what up to both of them, Teddy shit. We went to high school, well, we went to high school, both of them dudes and uh, Teddy, he used to write for Joe to see and a whole bunch of shit. Uh, Damn, that's then dope. Seth, like the Buffalo Bills got two DJs now. You got Milk, but Milk and Seth is tight, so they basically got two DJs. So now they do all the Bills shit. When you see the Bills and their DJs or whatever, you'll see Seth. So that's that. Um, but that's just a brief glimpse into this. Very shit. interesting. Yeah, very just interesting. just to let the stuff, people know man. that it ain't shit. Ain't just start here in 2015 like that some media people make you right. Think. And um, yeah. that's pretty much that man
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's a little bit yeah. of history here I mean that was almost a 30 minute lesson But it's good information um, You know But yeah. uh, moving on We got other things to talk mm-hmm. about We're going to get into crazy people news uh, We got a postal worker That fucked, fucked around and went to the border You uh, know we'll get into the border stories in a minute but wrong turn leads to postal carrier's arrest. Mail found in car, including absentee ballots. This dude.
2: Dang. So the
0: postal carrier, who had 800 pieces of undelivered mail in the trunk of his car, got caught in part thanks to him making a wrong term, according to federal authorities. I'll talk about that. Remind me if I forget. Brandon Wilson. Okay. I wonder if he black. 27 was arrested Tuesday night at the Peace Bridge. Now, we got three borders that come through Buffalo. We got the Rainbow Bridge, the Peace Bridge, and it's another entry exit point somewhere way up there top by Lewiston. All right. So he got caught there after border agents found a bin containing mail destined for several zip codes and included three absentee ballots sent out by the Erie County Board of Elections, according to criminal complaint filed in federal court, federal court, federal court federal court let me say that again damn federal court federal court all <laughs> right wilson of buffalo who was stopped at the bridge shortly after 7 30 p.m allegedly told customs and border protection agents the mail belonged to him and his mother
2: <laughs> he could, dragged his mother into it. Right, right
0: throw everybody under the fucking bus but could not explain mm. the mail address to other people according to the complaint filed by a special agent Special agent for the postal service office of inspector general Wilson ended up at the bridge by accident. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, he had been traveling on the I 190 and got in the wrong lane. So basically, if you're over there by the west side, it's west side again, you can keep going straight on that walk, riding along that water, going towards town to wander and riverside and shit. Or you could fuck around and make that yep. wrong turn and go towards the border and get you in the whole fucking loop. But you got to talk to the government oh, to get out. We'll talk about that. So it brought him crossing, crossing. Um, let's see, which brought him to the border, crossing with Canada. Federal authorities confirmed. In addition to the absentee balance, he was caught with. Um, he had been sent to two addresses in Buffalo. Let's, wait, wait, wait. Which had been sent. To two addresses in Buffalo. The mail found in Wilson's car. consisted of 106. Political mailings. 220 first class mailings. And 484. Standard mailings. The majority of the first class mail. Was addressed to local. Uh, to locations in the 14215. That's where the kitchen and pool is at. 14215 code. Uh, but the other destination zip codes. Were 14215. Two two seven. I forgot where that. That's I might be like Black Rock or something. One four two one one. Now we were just talking about Griselda. That's all that whole area right there where Benny and them is from. Wow! So uh, he tried to snag Olé Ballard. Yeah, all the hood shit. One four two one one and one four two fourteen, which is over that way and kind of like an offshoot. Like a dead end part of town. So that was that uh cancellation okay. dates on the first class mail show seven dates between September sixteenth and October twenty sixth, according to the complaint. In addition to the pieces of mail, Wilson also had several pieces of his carrier uniform dumbass. And his identification badge. Well I ain't gonna call him oh, dumb. He man. just he just messed up. Okay, so during an interview with agents from the Postal Office, Post Office, and Inspector General Wilson allegedly admitted placing mail from his delivery routes into the truck of the trunk of his car, according to the court documents. Why would you do that? Uh, beginning in September twenty twenty, yeah, beginning in September twenty twenty, Wilson estimated he placed mail from his delivery routes in the trunk of his vehicle on more than four but less than ten. Instances after returning to the post office From his assigned route Special agent Brandon M. Boone Wrote in the complaint Wilson intended to widow down Niggas Widow down the amount of mail in the trunk (laughs) You know ain't no jobs Mail in the trunk of his vehicle By placing a small amount of the mail Into USPS Missort containers in the morning Before his shift began Wilson last reintroduced The mailings into the small mail stream in this fashion approximately three weeks prior to the date of the interview. All right. Oh. Man. So you know hey. he, he denied throwing away greeting cards, cash, or checks from mail on his route. He also denied knowing where the absentee balance in the mail of where they were from or found it were found in his car. So this shit goes on and on. If convicted, he'll face a maximum penalty of five years in prison. And a a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is what making a wrong turn around here would get you. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Moral of the story is: use your GPS.
0: Use your. G- oh, he, and I, he wasn't paying attention because I know yeah. where he made the wrong turn. Now, I'll I'll give you my side of the story. I made a wrong turn before. <laughs> Me once you get around that bridge Depending on where you turn in All hell could break loose So I made a wrong turn And I, <laughs> I got up in there And all I remember was It was some spikes came up out the ground um, oh, I'll never forget this shit it was, I said shit I'm trapped So luckily that damn. day Because everything with that border As you may know you may not know it's all It all depends on who is on that shift So whoever came to the car was like, all right, go ahead. No, put the spikes down. They let me out. And I went about my way. I think that might have been at the Niagara Falls one where I I drove into the wrong fucking lot. And them spikes went up out the ground.
2: So that was They serious at that border.
0: They serious, man. Oh, have you, I I know you've been out the country, but have you traveled to Canada?
2: I got stopped we got stopped at the board because they wanted to see working papers and uh, you know they somebody in the car had said something about you know we, we're doing a show and these are artists and it was like no they were supposed to say that because we didn't have the proper documentation so they, they held us up and you know my road manager figured everything out but it was kind of it wasn't scary, but it was just like, well, damn, all we doing is going to you know do a couple shows and come on back, but they was like, nah, we did you file for paperwork mm-hmm. or you're gonna be employed? Like they wanted to go through the official a legal way of like documenting your pay scale and yeah. like, your taxes and like yo, it was like, damn, but we learned like listen, just go through and you know be a tourist, or whatever it is you want to do, whether you're looking at Niagara Falls from one side or whatever it is, you know.
0: Yeah, that 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 whole border thing is, is weird and wild. I mean, I've, I've had several situations going across the border. I've even had a situation where, shit, I'll go ahead and say it. They had me on, like, border probation for 18 years, dude. <laughs>
2: All right, so. so Wait dude. a minute. You said 18 years probation, my brother?
0: Dude,
2: hold on a minute. Damn, what'd you have in your suitcase? all right so hold on a second they hit my brother with 18 years probation for some border shit. that's crazy yeah hold on one minute so so ladies and gentlemen my brother g about to tell y'all why he was hit with 18 years probation while he was crossing the border between new york and canada
0: so, like I said earlier, before it was a shock sound, it was a UC Promotions. <laughs> so, <laughs> right after I graduated from high school, I started working for this record label in Toronto. grew a lot. And the owner of the company couldn't come to the United States. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, okay. I used to go up there and stay from time to time. And one time I went up there, this was somewhere around ninety-four. I remember this is when MC Hammer dropped pumps in the bumps, so you could align them dates. I remember when I got home that shit was on TV that same day. But I went wow. to the I went to the borders <laughs> yeah, I went to the borders, stay up there for a couple of weeks, as I always did for those last two or three years. And that day I had this giant duffel bag, which was about six feet long. <laughs> And I, I had everything in there, Bibles, Quran's, dress shoes, sneakers, just tons of shit. So basically, whatever agent was on duty that day stated that the amount of money I had in my pocket versus what I was taking up there didn't add up. And they turned me away from the border. Oh. They turned me away from the border. That And they didn't make a big snake out of it. They turned me away from the border that day. And I got a cab across the border to the Buffalo bus station, and that was the end of that, so I think. So this is 94, so almost every time after that, where I went over to Canada, it became a thing of where I had to go to the back room. A lot of people don't know about the back room, because that's... When you normally go through the border, they'll talk to you there, which is, you know... Where you live, what's your citizenship, you got anything with you, what you going over there for? Those are the main questions they'll ask you. So, okay. yeah, I, I got wrapped up in some shit with that. And so, every time after that, I'll have to go in the back. And that's where they stretch you a little bit harder. Like, why are you going up there? Where are you working now? You know, uh, what's going on? with your purpose? And this, that, and the other. Because I'm a legal alien in their system for years. So, long. fast forward... 2011, I think it was when I started going up there frequently again. You know, just working with acts and things. But even before that, I was still going up there. But I always got stressed and took into the room. So at that point, this lady was working one day at the at the desk. She looked in our mm-hmm. the computer. She looked at me. She said, "Oh, you were a baby." Hmm. She <laughs> said, "I said, yeah." So she said. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. She had took me to the back, and she's like, so "This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a letter to Ottawa, because that's where the capital, or whatever, is at." And she sent the letter to Ottawa, and they finally oh. took me off that list. What's up, y'all? It's the world famous. Wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, so, crazy. Yeah. So, so that was that, and you know, they, they finally took me off the list, and now I could go over there without any hassles. Going back to what happened on the day "Pumps and the Bumps" so- was released. <laughs> <laughs> so so, that, so
2: now you ain't got to go To that back room no
0: more No nah, unless I do something crazy so I ain't got to go up To the back room no more and, and that's Finalized the only thing they ask me now in addition to the Regular questions is Do you have your firearm on you And I know where that shit got started at so That's the new thing with You know where you're from what you're going for this that And the other so I right, get it right, right. And that's that so yeah if you're going across the border To Canada or even driving around that border Or see a sign say the border is there Just be careful about how you go about things? I mean, it's even been other stories when, you know, I yeah. was working for rap a lot and I took product up there and they taxed me that day for every piece I had. Oh
2: man! And you see, that's crazy.
0: Cassettes, vinyl, posters—they taxed me for all that. I had to pay for it out of pocket, but that got straightened out. Yeah. So, so that was that. So it is what it is, and and that's what happened, man. But. Yeah, just be careful around that border because, I mean, I got stories on that one for days, too. You know? Okay. And and that's pretty much that. And especially if you're an artist going up there now, I mean, you might could try to slip through if they don't know who you are, but you got to have your permits and all that together, and that shit ain't cheap. You know, the border has become more and more hard to get through increasingly, especially since, you know, 9-11 and even the last couple of years. I I mean, we used to go up there during high school and just... God, there'd be all it's types so of, over, 40, yeah. minors with 40s in the car and everything, you know, they it, it wasn't strict like that back then, you know? Yeah. We were up there it all it the was. time. So, yeah, you're going around that border, just uh, be careful on what you're doing and, and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that, man, but
2: I think. Now, I mean, what's going I mean. on with Go this other situation we wanted to get into? What's that? Emily was we just gonna talk about that hip hop mayor.
0: Yeah, you know what? I forgot about that one. Hip hop mayor, Kwame. Yeah, yeah, Qua- Qua- it ain't really big news because I don't think it went down. I had double checked everything this morning. So, as you guys may know, Kwame Kilpatrick was supposed to allegedly be up for release this week because he's in prison down here, I think, in Louisiana or somewhere. That's and,
2: right. Uh,
0: you know, if you don't know who Kwame is. Kwame Kilpatrick was the mayor of Detroit. Uh, you know his family's in the politics too, but he was the mayor of Detroit uh, from 2002 to 2008. Uh, he resigned as mayor in September 2008 after being convicted of perjury and obstruction of justice. Uh, he was sentenced to 4 months in jail and was released on probation after serving 99 days on May 10th on May 25th, 2010. Kilpatrick was right. sentenced to 18 months to five years in state prison for violating his probation and served time at the Oaks Correctional Facility in Northwest Michigan. Now, on March 11th, 2013, he was convicted on 24 federal felony counts, including mail fraud, wire fraud, and racketeering. On October tenth, two 2013, Kilpatrick was sentenced to 28 years in federal prison. Kilpatrick is currently serving his sentence at the Federal Correctional Institution, Oakdale, in Oakdale, Louisiana. So he's been down there for a minute now.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, I know since they put a message out earlier this week on, I think, Twitter or Instagram, stating that he was going to be up for release due to COVID and things of that nature. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything else about him being released, so... We'll follow that situation, see what happens uh with Kwame Kilpatrick. The hip hop on That
2: that, yeah. that
0: that whole story with him is just one of those stories where I always follow because it's so interesting. Like they have documentaries on it on YouTube. You guys could look that up. But did that whole Kwame shit is that's deep. It's real deep.
2: It is, man. Um, Twenty four felony counts though, that's an extensive list, though, G. Twenty four of them. You said it's what? You said he had twenty four felony counts. That's uh-huh. a lot of charges. It
0: is a lot of charges, but you know once you look at those documentaries, I'll say this, uh you'll be able to judge for yourself. And uh, okay. you know, that's pretty much that with that situation and, and, and to keep what to keep an eye out on. I know one thing we said we were gonna get back to uh in the last episode we talked about Chuck E. Cheese and all the beefs at Chuck E Cheese and one part yeah. we didn't know when we were recording the last show was whether or not they were having financial issues. So I did a little bit more research and yes. Chuck E. Cheese is having financial issues across the board. They filed for bankruptcy back in June of this year. So this is the breakdown on how they was getting their paper. I think let's see, the majority of the money that they were earning came from the video games. All right, That's right. All the video games yep. and games in there, and selling the tokens and all that shit. So that was fifty, like fifty three percent of their income, and the other half of the money came from everything pizza. else involved. Yeah, the pizza and all the other little shit, and then the, the, the liquor, like a bar, the liquor and things like oh, that. Oh, I
2: keep forgetting about the liquor. You yeah, that liquor. the liquor.
0: So that that was, yeah. that, that was about forty three percent of the income. So they're fucked up. And another thing too, we didn't mention is. What a lot of them started doing when COVID happened and they couldn't let people in to play the video games and all the other shit. A lot of them started advertising online as like Pas, was it like pa- I know it's Italian name like Pascal, Pasquale, Pizza and Wings. So they were trying to hit the lick oh. like that, where they just try to turn itself into an online via all the spots Last you go to, week. like yo, they, yeah, they try to turn itself into a regular pizza joint. And a lot of people right. caught on to it. Right. Some did, and some people like, what the fuck is this? Why should I even go there? So they're hurting right mm-hmm. now. And this is going to be another interesting story to follow over the next couple of weeks and see what happens with a lot of these Chuck-, Chuck E. Cheese locations around the country. More to come. More to come. More to come. With Chuck E. Cheese. So yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for this episode of the Scramble Life. Um, before I leave, I got some shout-outs to give out. What's up to Jay Shout Rizzo? Jay Rizzo over at Definition of Fresh Blog. What's up? What's up to Dina B out there in Portland? What's up to Jamal Shabazz, Magic Mike, Jeff DeIllis, Coach Moses, and B. Abel over there at the Reasonable Ignorance Podcast. And also, i like to say what's up to Wayne McDonald over there in the UK. Thanks for listening, y'all. So, uh, What up, what up, what up? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week or the week after. It's going to be a busy week. Hopefully, we'll all still be here in a week. And um yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. crazy out here in these streets. Ain't no telling what's gonna happen next, but just be safe. Watch your be back,
2: y'all.
0: And uh be prepared for whatever the hell is about to go down, y'all. We out of here now. Peace. Bye bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Motherfucker. Van Van Glorious. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. <Van-glourious>. yeah. <laughs> motherfucker Van glorious, yeah, motherfucker.